Good morning. I'm Anna Marie, and it's time again for Focus. Today, we're going to talk about your animals, your pets, your fur babies, and how to take care of them, even if you're having a hard time financially. We've got some help for you. Our guest today is Sarah Spadovecchia. She's a Metro Animal Care and Control Safety Net Program Coordinator. Welcome, first of all. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So first of all, if you'll tell us, what is the Safety Net? Yeah, the Safety Net program at Metro Animal Care and Control is a program in place to aid and help pet owners with resources. Um, So if you are on hard times or going through something or you feel you might need to surrender your pet, we are here for you to either help keep that pet with you in your home or find you alternatives to potentially surrendering that pet. Okay, so let's start with helping keep the pet in the home. What what is available to people? Yeah, so one of our resources um, that we have that we offer is a medical grant. So if you have your pet going through something medically, whether they're sick or they got injured and you can't afford to take them to a vet, then we are there. We can help get you to a vet, pay for that exam, and see what we need to get done. Um, another option is, for instance, we have behavior resource as well. So um, if you are having behavior issues that are undesirable, you don't want to see in your house, sometimes that can be basic manners, it can be destruction, whatever that may be, we have a behaviorist. We can offer one-on-one behavior training as well. And all of this is free. It's paid through our program. Um, and it and it's just such a big asset to, to the community. Is this coronavirus related or is this if you're just having those issues in general? Yeah, the Safety Net program has been around for about three years now. So this is not just coronavirus uh, related, but we have definitely seen an uptick in um, you know families that just need help just to get by a lot of unemployment, things like that. So um, the biggest thing was we do have a pet food bank, our pet pantry. And so a lot of people who are unemployed obviously can't pay to to get dog food and things like that, cat food. So we're able to provide that for them, again, free of charge and get them the food for their pets so they can keep them. Ultimately, pets are your family, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it breaks people's hearts when they have to surrender a pet. And especially if they don't know where to go to get help, they're embarrassed to ask. And now th- we can tell them where to where to go. So they look, they call Metro Animal Care and Control. Is this only for people in Davidson County? Yes. So they can contact Metro Animal Care and Control. Um, we have a specific pet helpline phone number mm-hmm. um, that is 615-862-4017. Um, but they can also find that on our website. Uh, and yes, it's just for anyone in Davidson County. Um, since we are the municipal shelter of Nashville, then oh. we are here to aid anyone who lives in Davidson County. Okay. And so they can call and tell you kind of what their situation is, and then you can kind of hook them up with the right resources. Yeah, absolutely. So um, they just call. We have kind of that one-on-one conversation, counseling, see what's going on, and see what's the appropriate resource. Mm -hmm. Um, Most people already know. (laughs) They will say, hey, you know, my dog is having behavior issues. Can I get help? Mm -hmm. Um, Or, hey, like I'm running low on food. Can I get help? So we get a lot of people who are aware, but, you know, the more awareness we can get for sure, the more we want to help. Okay. So if they're thinking that they need to surrender their pet, they just can't do it. Their health is maybe compromised and they need to surrender a pet. What can Metro Animal Care and Control help with? Yes, we have a lot of resources for rehoming, um, whether that is with other local rescues or even rescues that are out of our city. Um, And we also have rehoming websites we can offer. We always want to make the shelter the last resort. Mm -hmm. Shelter is never a great 
great place to be in. It's, you know, it's loud and noisy and it's a stressful time for the pet just as much as it is for the family. Um, So we always encourage rehoming on your own and going from a home to a home for that pet Mm because that's going to be the smoothest transition possible and the best setup for that pet to have a good success. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we have a lot of those listed on our website, resources, rehoming websites, rescue lists, you name it, we have it, we can get that to you. And is that just local rehoming places and res- uh, animal uh, rescue groups or is that, are these some of these statewide? So the websites are countrywide. So anyone in the country can get on those websites, see your pet's profile, and potentially contact you for adoption, which is really, really great. Um, And then the rescues on our website, they are local rescues that we work closely with, but that does not stop anybody from, we always encourage Google more, get more websites out there to see where you can rehome them. What other rescues you can reach out to? Um, We always encourage specifically breed-specific rescues. So Mm -hmm. if you have a golden retriever or a purebred shepherd or something like that, we always encourage looking at those breed-specific rescues as well. Okay. If you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus, and we're talking about uh, trying to make sure that you can take care of your pets, your dogs, your cats, your pets, even if you're having a hard time financially or a hard time physically. Perhaps you have a physical issue that's keeping you from taking the best care of your pets that you're uh, that you were able to. So Sarah Spadavecchia is the Safety Net Program Coordinator with Metro Animal Care and Control. What other resources are available that we might not know about through Metro Animal Care and Control? Um, some of the other resources we have is we can refer you to get your pet spayed or neutered um, for free or, you know, at a low cost if you don't want to go to a place that we recommend. You know, with that, a lot of people can see benefits with We're not adding additional family members, (laughs) so Uh our pet isn't coming home pregnant or things like that, Um, especially with our cats, because cats are allowed to live outside. A lot of people have their cats outdoors, Uh and obviously... Mama Kitty comes home (laughs) and we just add to the family that we didn't know we wanted five more kittens. Mm -hmm. Um, So things like that, we we can definitely help with that. And we also have pet supplies as well. So, you know, especially when we saw Nashville get hit by that tornado back Mm. in spring, you know, we a lot of people's homes were devastated. And so with that, a lot of supplies like food bowls, collars, leashes, simple things like that, that we just take for granted every day. A lot of people needed those things. And so we have tons of supplies as well to give out. What about wildlife when people find wildlife in their yard or they find stray animals, dogs, cats, whatever in their yards? Is Metro Animal Care and Control the organization to call? So when it comes to stray dogs and cats, yes, we are. Um, We are the only open admission shelter in Davidson County, which means we take in all the strays that are found. Um, In terms of wildlife, we always refer to the Tennessee Wildlife Resource Agency. Um, So TWRA, uh, we always recommend to call them if you find an injured, you know, hawk or raccoon or something like that. They're the best ones to handle that. I'm putting you on the spot here by asking because you may or may not know. Is it, I seem like I heard that it's illegal to keep a wild animal, a wildlife, like if you find an injured raccoon or something, that it's illegal to keep them, that you really should call somebody? I'm not sure exactly the laws. I do think that there are certain wildlife restrictions in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so just getting on, you can get on, you know, Tennessee.gov's website, because I believe that would be a state law. Um, or okay. you can even check out Nashville.gov and see what their uh, county laws are as well and just see what restrictions you have there. Okay. 
Have you found that uh, pet adoptions are up? I know a lot of people were talking about they're stuck at home, they can't get out very much, and so they were going to adopt a pet. Are we seeing more pet adoptions these days? I feel like our pet adoptions have been pretty steady. Um, we haven't really seen an uptick in them in terms of increasing. Um, we have seen a lot of our fostering increasing, which is amazing because oh. people are at home. Yeah, which has been amazing. We always can use more fosters. So with so many people working from home, but then now we're seeing so many people say, my company has decided we're going to stay home all the time now. And so a lot of people are becoming permanent fosters and things like that. And for our adoptions, like I said, they're pretty steady, which is good. We don't want those to drop. Um, but I think, you know, being with being so unsure about where COVID's taking us, what phase are we in? Mm. I think people sometimes might be a little hesitant to adopt, but we're still thrilled at the rate that we're getting. So what is a foster? So a foster is somebody who takes an animal, whether it's a dog or a cat, out of our shelter and brings it home and to be adopted out of their home. So basically it's still, you know, an animal that we're caring for, except we're caring for it (laughs) offsite. So we provide the food, the supplies, bowls, collars, leashes, all that stuff, toys, and we still keep up with medical. We make sure that they're getting their vaccines or their yearly, um, I'm sorry, their monthly, uh, you know, heartworm preventative, flea treatment, all that stuff. And then um, we still promote the pet. And then they, sometimes our fosters will promote them on their own social media, which is amazing. And they will always send us weekly updates. Hey, this is what Fido did this week or things like that with pictures and stuff. Um, and then if we have an adopter that's interested, then we always do a meetup. And now, right now, we're doing meetups outside and socially distant and all that stuff, which has been really great. Everyone's been so accommodating and understanding. Good. So it's been amazing. Are you able to speak on behavioral issues for pets a little bit? Uh, while a lot of people have been at the house a lot more, their pets are getting used to that. Do you tend to see behavioral issues when someone is at the home a lot and then suddenly has to start going back to work every day? Yeah, that seeing behavioral issues, um, especially more so starting over the summer, has been kind of a thing we've noticed. Um, obviously, people being home a lot more, especially kids being home. We all, all of us have that pent up energy. We've all kind of had some behavioral issues. I <laughs> We're think. all having behavioral issues. <laughs> and so it's also strange for a dog and even a cat, too. You know, I'm used to you being gone eight hours a day and in a weird way having my own time. <laughs> now I don't get my own time. Okay. You know? So we're seeing, you know, sometimes it can look like destruction. Like, OK, I'm going to chew on the side of the couch because I'm so pent up and anxious and I don't know what's going on. Or, you know, we see pottying in the house or things like that. Um, but, yeah, we, we have seen that. We've had a lot of people reach out to us for our behavior resource, which has been great. And we've been able to walk through people through that. And then the same thing now that so many people are starting to return to work, you know, we always said um, from the get go, just keep a schedule. Even if you're not going back to work, keep your pet on a schedule. So Mm. if they usually get fed at 7 a.m., when you used to go into work, but now you don't, keep feeding them at 7 a.m. It's so easy to want to sleep in now. But if they can at least have some sort of normalcy and some sort of schedule, that's what we want to do. And also, you know, making sure, especially if you have a dog, that we're getting enrichment in other ways rather than just the house or a backyard. But we're still going on those walks. You know, I know for a while there are people who take their dogs to the dog park every night, but now can't go to the dog park. Well, still do something. (laughs) You don't have to go to the dog park, but having your dog do something at the same time every night like you normally would is something that's going to keep them from staying structured, staying on that schedule. And then when it is time to go back to work, 
life is still normal for them. Um, so it's it's things like that. And same with cats. Cats can act exactly the same way. They can be, as we all know, they never want us around. But when we're oh. around all the time, they're like, what the heck? <laughs> but same thing if you give your cat you know, treats every time you come home from work. Well, even though you're already home, give them that treat at 5 p.m. when you, quote, walked through the door, that kind of thing. Just normalcy that you would always do. How important is it? I notice you keep saying the structure. So how important is routine and doing things at a certain time every day, doing the same things, uh, like like you said, provide enrichment, meaning like a walk or playtime or something. How important is routine and behavior of pets. I mean, routine is hugely important. Um, whether the pet is, you know, completely all together and there's no issues whatsoever, or even if they have issues that you're working on, we're all creatures of habit. And that goes for cats and dogs as well. Um, you know, anything that we can do for a structure. I mean, it's the same as when you have a puppy or even a kitten. And your litter box training or your potty training. We always say keep a schedule. Okay, let them out at this time every day so they can anticipate when it's time to go to the bathroom and they can hold it and learn how to do that. And so the same goes for an adult animal as well. Keeping that routine just drops that anxiety. It's something we can rely on and depend on. I know I'm going to get fed around this time every day, so I don't have to stress about that. And then, you know, especially for the dogs when we need to go potty and go outside and go for those walks. Not only is that good to have that on a routine, but then it's also good for mental and physical stimulation. When we take a dog outside, a lot of people focus on the physical aspect. Oh, I'm draining their energy and all this. But we also want to focus on that mental energy, which can be just as pent up as our physical energy. And sniffing the grass and smelling other animals or even another potty part where another dog had just been, that's all stimulating their brain and getting them to think about things and process this. Mm-hmm. And, ooh. and so all of that is super good. Just like for us, we've all been going stir crazy being in the house. And so just as much as we need mental stimulation, physical stimulation, getting outside, going for a jog, you know, watching another (laughs) Netflix documentary or something, (laughs) you know, solving that, uh, you know, we all need that. So the pets need that just as much. Very good. What about pet meds? Do you offer information to people about low cost uh, ideas for for pet medicines, even if they don't go through Metro Animal Care and Control? Yeah, so we, on our website, we have a resource list on there, and it lists not only, like, the rescues I was talking about earlier, but it also lists uh, online dog pharmacies you can reach out to. It lists some low-cost vets in the area, too, that are just fantastic that we work closely with. So I always push people, go online. <laughs> You'll see it on our website because there's so many. So it's just it's easier for them to scroll through, see what works best for them and, and what's a good fit. If you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus, and we're talking about your pets and pet health and how to keep them healthy, even if you're having a hard time financially or physically. We're talking with Sarah Spadavecchia, Safety Net Program Coordinator with Metro Animal Care and Control. So what about um, how to keep pets shots up to date in this no contact world? Vets right now are starting to open back up to having routine exams. Before when COVID first happened, it was only emergencies that they Mm -hmm. were seeing. For the most part with vaccines, there's a little bit of wiggle room there just because the biggest thing with vaccines, just like they are with us, it's about protecting us against others, right? Ah. So when we get the flu vaccine, it's because we don't want to get the flu from someone else. And so same with dogs and cats. It's protecting them against other dogs, against other cats, things like that. So 
If they're not interacting with other dogs, they're not interacting with other cats, then, you know, you're safe to kind of wait it out, wait a month or two months. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Um, But, you know, if you're having a dog that is still going to doggy daycare or you regularly do take it to the dog park, that's when we say, great, stay up to date for sure. (laughs) Should we have a pet emergency kit? Always. (laughs) Always. Oh. <laughs> I always say have a pet emergency kit. Um, and this can look however you want it to look like. It's always good, you know, to have those first aid things in there. You can even purchase those on PetSmart and things like that. Amazon, they have the doggy first aid kits. But what I like to put in my pet emergency kit is I have three dogs at home. And so I have an extra leash, an extra collar, extra dog tags, extra harness for everybody that's in a go bag. And then um, I have extra extra bowls and then any extra medications. One of my dogs is on a lifetime medication. So I just keep that up to date, have an extra stash on the side. Uh, Not funny, but funny enough, you know, when the tornado came, I grabbed that bag and we all went into the bathroom and hunkered down. But I didn't have to worry about running around the house trying to find whose collars where, where's the leash, you know, all that stuff. And you can even throw some toys I always say have at least two weeks of food sitting in there. You can even get a 15-pound bag of food, like a small bag. Have that in your bag. Just whatever you might need um, to kind of bounce out really fast, and and you won't have to worry about anything. Very good. Very good idea. Uh, What about microchipping? Uh, Are we seeing that work well with lost pets? Oh, yeah. We always say with microchipping, your pet can't talk, right? So they can't say, hey, I actually live at like 123 Elm Street. Like, So as nice as that would be, but they can't. And so it's really great to have a microchip because a collar can fall off. You know, we've seen tags fall off or mm-hmm. break or anything like that. And so... Um, and, and now, too, you know, we're seeing the breakaway collars, which are meant to break away, which are great. But people put those on and then it does what it's supposed to do. It breaks off and... We can't talk to the pet. Mm -hmm. So um, with microchipping, it's amazing because we can literally scan it. It pulls up a number. We research that number. We just look it up on a database, and it gives us all the information we need. It gives us the owner name, their address, their phone number. It's all confidential. And so um, vets and shelters are really the only people that can access those with scanners and stuff. So. As long as you keep your information up to date, we can contact you, say, hey, we have your dog here, we have your cat here, and we can get that to them. You know, we want to do that for the safety of the animal, get that animal back to the owner. But also, you know, unfortunately, people do steal pets. And so when they steal them and they like come into a vet to get vaccinated and they examine, this is my new dog. And, you know, a vet will always scan to make sure there's no microchip. And if they see like, hey, you're not Mr. Brown, you know, or whatever, you know, then they can contact that owner because that's the biggest thing we can see is. And that's not just in Nashville. It's across the country. You know, people steal pets, unfortunately. Wow. Yeah. I have seen scanners offered online, like on Amazon, that individuals can use. Is that something that, uh, because I thought about that, is that when there are strays in the area, because I could actually scan them as they're eating off my back porch or whatever. (laughs) And is that something that individuals can use and I could if it show what would it show me a number yes and I could get that to you guys yes absolutely so you can buy one for sure scan a pet and it saves you a trip if you find a stray because mm-hmm. some people are like I can't get to a vet or yeah. something like that or but yeah. yeah and you can just call us or call a vet and give them that number and there's a database online that they can search um, I believe they have to log in as an organization and they can search that database um, sometimes they can just tell you right there off the off the number saying oh it's this company and you can google that company and call them and say hey here's the Ah. microchip 
can get the information. See, that's good. I've been thinking about getting one of those. Yes. <laughs> that, that seems to that it would be helpful. And like you said, to save, like, well, next Thursday I can get, you know, load this pet up. Maybe if I can get them in a little cage or something and get them to the vet. Are there certain things to look for or take care of with younger pets or older pets in particular, like younger pets that we need to always make sure and do this and older pets always make sure and do this? Yeah, with our younger pets, we always want to make sure that they're vaccinated. That is number one and that they don't socialize with other pets outside the home that until they are fully vaccinated. Mm. The thing with this is it's almost just like babies. You know, when we have our newborn babies, we have to go through the two-week, the four-week, the six-week checkup and get these shots, those shots. And that's to protect that baby from any harmful diseases or um, viruses or anything like that. And so the same goes with puppies. And it's so hard because with puppies and kittens, you know, people want to take them out. They want to show them off. Look at my new baby. And we're always like, no, (laughs) don't do it. (laughs) Just because until they're vaccinated, which for puppies, it's usually three rounds of vaccines. And it's usually at the eight week mark, the 12 week mark and the 16 week mark. After 16 weeks, as long as we had our three rounds of vaccines, we're good to go and have a party (laughs) and go socialize. Um, But those are the biggest things with our little puppies. And also, um, you know, the thing we see a lot with puppies and kittens is we're teething and we want to chew on everything. And that includes your hands Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it hurts. (laughs) And so I always have this trick. I tell everybody who has puppies and kittens, get a stick of butter. Put it in your freezer, let it freeze, pull it out and rub it on your hands, almost like a balm, right? And just rub it all over your hands and give your hand to your puppy or your kitten. And they're going to want to lick it. It tastes good. It's salty. It's yummy. We all love butter. And so after a few times of doing that and having a five-minute session here and there, your puppy is going to start to associate your hands with licking, not biting. And so then as an adult dog, they see your hand and instead of chewing on it, they're like, oh, I remember that butter. I want to lick that. Even though it's not there, they don't know. They just remember, I lick this, right? So those are some really good tips. And there's so many online because puppies and kittens can be a lot of work. (laughs) So it's always good to have those tricks. Um, And then for our older guys, I always say, you know, the hardest thing is adjusting your life around the older dog now. So, you know, before you might be able to take your dog on that hike or go for that run. But, you know, as we get older, we don't want to do those things. And so we have to take them times seven years always. And, you know, adjust our lifestyle for them. I always say keep a close eye out on behavior changes. The biggest thing we see with our older dogs and even older cats is all of a sudden they start, quote, acting out. You know, they, they're they snipping, they're growling. You know, I pet them here and they don't want me to. And I used to always, and a lot of dogs and cats will show that that's how they don't feel good. Mm-hmm. So I get grumpy. I don't feel good. I don't want to do this. I don't want you to touch me. And so whenever you start seeing that with our older pets, especially, we want to get them to the vet, see what's going on, things like that. But I have a 14-year-old at home, my 14-year-old dog. And (laughs) fortunately, we're doing really good. But I keep, I swear every day I like double check on him. Are we good? Are you, we're good today, right? (laughs) So we're going to have a good day. (laughs) Um, What about uh, the cost of adoption? I know for some people that's kind of prohibitive. 
don't you have special days or special times when people can get a break or any special way that they can get a break? Yeah. So we do in the past, we would do specials right now. They're free. <laughs> Everything is zero dollars um, because we want to get them out in the home. We don't want to set up barriers. We want to get this pet with you and you with them. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, they're part of the family. And so right now, and I believe for the foreseeable future, uh, we're looking at zero dollars for adoption. That's cats, dogs, kittens, puppies. We have some hamsters. Whatever you <laughs> want, it's zero. Yeah, so we're good. we're happy about that. Very good. Is there anything else that I've neglected to ask that you think is important to add about pet care or the resources that we have to help us take better care of our pets? If you are a pet owner, just know you're not alone um, and that we are here to help. You know, there is sometimes a stigma on a shelter um, and especially the, the city shelter. But we're always here with resources. We want to do what's right. And I tell people all the time, I don't want your dog. (laughs) I don't want your cat. Like, I want you to keep it. And whatever I can do to help, you know, don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. You know, we've all fallen on hard times before. We've all had to ask for help. And so that's why we're here, because we can be in a position to give back, make sure we can help our community. And uh, and especially with our pet pantry and things like that, you know, something is so simple as food, like we got you. <laughs> and so and and that's the biggest thing, too, is our pet pantry is 100 percent based on donations. And so we don't buy that food that's given by the community. And so it's so amazing when we do get those donations in from the community. They are literally giving back to their own community that mm-hmm. they live in. Um, and so that's just they know it. We know it. And uh, and it's just so spectacular. We're actually. um hooking up with Second Harvest Food Bank on the 24th and being a part of one of their events and passing out pet food while they're passing out people food. And we're just so excited. It's going to be great. Wow, that that is a good collaboration. Yeah. And if they need to find out more information, uh, what is the website? What is the phone number? You can definitely go on the website. It's MAC, so that's M-A-C-C dot nashville dot gov and that's our website we also have a facebook and an instagram and all that stuff so follow us and all that um and then our shelter is number the main shelter number is you know 615-862-7928 but if you specifically are in need of some pet help or resources that pet helpline phone number is good. 862-4017. Yes, ma'am. 862-4017 was that number. And we'll also put that on our Focus Facebook page along with the website. So if you need some help, you can reach out and get it. Thank you. You're so knowledgeable. You're so helpful. Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Sarah Spadavecchia. She's the Metro Animal Care and Control Safety Net Program Coordinator. Make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.